Welcome to another episode of Junior Achievement of South Florida's Recipe for Success. Just as there are no two recipes that contain the exact same ingredients or measurements, there are no two success stories exactly the same. Recipe for Success features entrepreneurs, visionary leaders, and innovators of all ages who will share the ingredients that make them successful. Here's your host, Lori Salarulo, President and CEO of Junior Achievement of South Florida. Good morning and good day, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of JA's Recipe for Success. I'm Laurie Salarulo, your host. I am the President and CEO with Junior Achievement of South Florida. So as you know, uh, if you watch our show, at least occasionally, uh, we feature uh, individuals, leaders, community leaders and advocates uh, and entrepreneurs and talk a little bit about their journey and some of the things that made them successful along the way. We call them their ingredients. And so today's show, uh, I have someone who I met uh, back when a few years ago when I was working in the banking industry uh, for the second time in my career. Um, and we got to work together. And as soon as he uh, joined a new organization, he reached out and said, let's work together. And I love that. So I want to welcome to the show today, Josh Foles. He's head of small business, business banking, merchant services, and SBA with First Horizon Bank. Hello, Josh. How are you? Good morning. Happy Financial Friday. And I'm happy to have the opportunity to join you. You know, that is, uh, could it be more appropriate than in the times we're in today? Um, I think that's one of the things that I'm, you know, it's it's interesting. There's nothing good about this pandemic, right? Well, there might be some things that are coming out of it that are good. But one of the things for me in what we do at Junior Achievement is that it is certainly bringing attention to uh, finances and financial literacy. Um, and I think it, it we needed to pay attention because otherwise probably wouldn't have so many people right in this situation. So, um, so thanks for reminding us of that. So I want to, um, so you came over to JA uh, probably about a year ago when you joined First Horizon and you said, I want to work together, right? I want to get out into the community and get the word out there about First Horizon. Talk a little bit about that, Josh, and, and you know, why that was so important. Sure thing. So thank you again, of course, then for having me. Our friendship goes back a long time now because the years have been flying and just extremely thrilled to see all of the success in terms of you personally and for course the JA. So I think if you think about trying to build a brand, especially if you look at banks, right? In banking in Florida is a dogfight. There's 200 banks in Florida and it's a commodity type of business. So how do you really separate yourself? So I think that the focal point is you have to find that opportunity to show the human side of the bank. And the human side is to be proactive in finding those things that really start to hit home. I've always been focused on the youth. I've been passionate about the youth. I've served served in youth sports for over the last 15 years. JA has been very close to me. In fact, I had uh, taught way back in the day. I had talked to seniors. I talked to all sorts of high school students, trying to get them fully prepared in terms of the real world and to think about how to set a budget, how to save money, uh, to to do the things that at times schools don't really spend a lot of time on to teach you. And so that type of vehicle to do that type of training went through JA. So this is a group that is near and dear. Uh, of course, it's difficult to be all things to all people. So, you know, if, if you look at the strategy, the thought is to pick a couple groups that really make sense to partner with 
that have a vested type of interest back in the community and make sure to serve, you know, to fully serve as best as you can to not just try to give a type of donation, but to give your time. And time, I think, is precious for all of us and to really help to make a difference and to make an impact. Yeah, you know, you mentioned um, branding yourself. And so I want to step back for a second. Um, and thanks for, for sharing that, because I really do believe, and you know this from, from our days together at PNC, I really do believe that when organizations do get involved uh, in a deeper way with organizations in the community, um, that it does build your brand and it is a great way to really to build business, right? And develop relationships. So I truly do believe that. And I think companies that do that um, have a head start. So thanks for your, the mindset on that. I want to go back for a second. Just talk about, you talked a little bit about your involvement with youth sports. Share with us, how did you end up in banking? Where you know, give us a couple of highlights along the way. Tell us a little bit about Josh. Yeah, so I've been in banking now for 25 years, and I'll try to summarize 25 years in three minutes or so here. But born and raised in Florida, born and raised in Broward County. Um, I had a father who had been on the TV side and on the PR side, spent 40 years at Fox, and he had worked for Channel 7. And so I try to really, you know, sort of follow back in his pathway, so to speak. And so my thinking was at the time in school uh, to be some type of broadcaster, whether it's on the sports side or it's the five o'clock news. I always had an interest in sharing sort of the, what the headlines were um, and to be sharing all types of topics that are timely and, of course, top of mind. Um, so fast forward, I started going to school at FAU in Boca. Shout out to the Owls there, the Fighting Owls of FAU. Um, and I saw a job fair to sell credit cards. And I was thinking to myself, MBNA, I've heard of that before because I had their credit card. Phenomenal company, outstanding bank. They had a call center based in Boca Raton. And they said, Josh, if you can come and sell, you know, all types of credit cards, so to speak, for eight hours per day, full time while trying to balance school. And if you can maintain a B average in college, we'll pay for all your schooling. And wow. at the time, I had my parents who were trying to teach me what the meaning of a dollar is. So I was trying to help juggle a lot of things. Um, I said, what the heck? So I would literally go to school from 730 till noon. And then go into the call center from one o'clock till 10 o'clock basically every single day so i was that guy back in the day that would call you at dinner time get your social get your income try to get you to transfer a balance over read you a bunch of fine print and then hope that you're still on the line and i was told all sorts of pleasantries as you can only imagine during all those calls and it was call after call after call uh fast forward to 2003 something called the tcpa act not to bore you but that is also known as uh, as the do not call list. So now if we try to call you and try to sell you something or offer you something, you will say, please take me off your calling list, which crushed the industry. So the bank got sold, got bought by Bank of America. Uh, so I had an opportunity to switch over and to work for them uh, for a short amount of time until I had an opportunity to work at Bank Atlantic, which is a phenomenal bank that yeah. had been around for quite some time in Florida. Uh, I think it's safe to say that there's a lot of friends that both of us still share from there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think by starting there that that bank really got me to understand what the strength was in getting out and serving the community. Just had an awesome heart to fully serve there. And it really got me excited about spending time sort of back in the market and back in the field. So I never, you know, sort of at first truly saw myself to be in a bank type of environment. But from the credit card days to the experience in terms of Bank Atlantic really start to teach me that I have a heart to serve. 
And banking is just that. It's how can you help others? Uh, so I spent about seven years there. Um, and then they went through, of course, did a big change where half the bank went to BB&T, the other half had gone to PNC. So fast forward there, had an opportunity to work for 10 years at PNC, an outstanding company, uh, great job. I still have a lot of, you know, very, very strong friends there. And, um, you know, I think the fast forward to where things are at now, that was one of the sort of tipping points in terms of my career is I was going through the ranks there extremely fast, um, had a lot of success there, had a phenomenal team. And then I got the call to come here. And this was something that was starting to pique my interest because I always love to be challenged. I'm a sports person at heart. I'm a competitor. Um, and it's funny because it took my oldest son, who will be turning 19 on the 26th of this month, he said, Dad, you always write quotes and the motivational stuff, and, and you try to fully get people to find the fire that's inside of them. You need to step outside of your comfort zone. Every day that I see you, you've gotten extremely comfortable. And I know you can do so much more. You talk about doing so much more. So take that leap of faith and trust in yourself. And, you know, it's funny because you have these conversations of father-son bonds and all that stuff, and I'm for awesome awesome kids uh but he's the oldest and he's probably the smartest in the house uh so he has been around me for quite some time and so he held me accountable uh and i think it's important for us to have that type of accountability partner so i took the leap of faith i had gone to a bank in terms of florida that really didn't have a whole lot of presence in terms of name brand presence and also on the physical side but i quickly learned that there are genuinely great people here that really care about the community and truly care about um, trying to give you all the tools and resources to be successful and to give you that pathway that, hey, if you fall down, we're going to be there to pick you back up. Um, right. So a different type of environment, a, a, a type of culture that can really help you thrive and bring your full self to work every day. So started off and had a very small team, had a challenge to build out Broward County, Palm Beach County, Jacksonville, and Tampa. Uh, grew that team to about 30 plus folks, had some outstanding talent. Um, and then now, due to the merger in terms of Iberia Bank that just took place a couple of weeks ago, have an opportunity to lead several segments across our entire footprint. Uh, still based in Florida, and so that's great news. Um, <laughs> We're glad to have an opportunity to keep on serving, and it's a phenomenal bank. And yes, it's challenging times, but it's a great opportunity for the bank to show the partnership in terms of the community and really be there to serve right now. Yeah, one of our watchers, uh, Dr. Shanette Grant, said she loves when our kids call us out. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, my daughter does that to me frequently. She definitely holds me accountable. Um, but so you talked about um, a couple of things in that story, right, about the journey. And, you know, one of them was your desire and your passion for helping others, right? And so that was important to you as you went through and as you look for opportunities, right, in your career. Competition, right, and loving the challenge. I think, you know, probably you're not a status quo person and you wanna make things better all the time. I think I, I saw that in you. Um, I love that, you know, finding the fire. What's your passion, right? What's, what's your why? Why do you do things? And then, of course, accountability. Um, you talked a little bit about the sports and coaching sports and share with me some of the lessons that you have learned in your life that have made you successful, right? That you now are trying to pass on. What's one or two key things that you think uh, are were critical for you and could help these young people? So I, I think it's safe to say that you got to be vulnerable. You got to be open to feedback. And 
if you look at a coach, yes, they're put up on a pedestal thinking that they have ways to figure out every type of situation, but that's not the case. The coach can always learn from the player. It's the same thing in the corporate world. If you look at a leader, they don't have all the answers. They have to be vulnerable to be able to surround themselves and have great people, but also to have certain folks on their team that can address what their gaps may be, that can help watch their blind side. So that's the strength in truly having a team is it's a two-way street. It can't be from top down. And so I think that that's an important type of lesson where that I've normally been, you know, in some type of situation where that the game is on the line and I've been a basketball coach for 15 years, coach football for about seven years, but in basketball, there's, there's a couple minutes left and a player comes to me and says, hey, coach, I think it's time for us to try this. Now, I already have that game plan sort of back in my mind. And I'm right. looking at these young men who are 13 and 14 thinking this 14 year old is going to tell me how to win the game right now. But I have to be vulnerable to drop my guard because they're in that situation. I'm only watching the situation, but they're physically in it. And so that's a true sign in terms of leadership is to be able to be vulnerable enough to listen to others and clearly also put out there, we don't have all the answers. You have to surround yourself and have a great team. And every person on that team must be clear about their role, about the contribution that they can add to make it a championship team. Yeah, wow, that is rich. So, so many ingredients in that story. Um, and I love that. You know, and so I think the other story is for, for especially for young people, but I'm sure for you too. And I know your dad was uh, an amazing man uh, and leader in our community. You know, I don't know if you went on to win that game or lose that game, right? Yes, you won. <laughs> so it does have a good ending. <laughs> uh, but what if you had lost, right? Would what would you or, or what was it? What what do you pull out, right? Because sometimes we have to dig deep ourselves. If the kids would have lost that game, whether it was your call or the kids' call, that's not the point. You know, how do you help them understand that? You know, it's it's one game, right? We we didn't win. How do we move on as a team, right? Yeah, so I think that the focal point there is can you pull out one or two things that could have altered what the, the result was of that game? It's not just about, you know, finding ways to be the best of the best, right? That's the end state, of course. But to get there, it takes a lot of time, takes a lot of hard work, and they have to put the work in. Um, and so I think that there is a sense of trying to build, you know, sort of sort of the character of the team you know can we find ways to bounce back and so i'm always getting like really excited about we had a very bad loss how is it that the kids bounce back from that what's the resiliency factor there do they throw the white talent or do they dig deep inside find ways to make the corrections from the prior game and get back out there and give it their all i have always coached and kept it very simple i, I only care about two things and it's the same thing also at work your attitude and your effort that's all i care about if you have a positive attitude, and if you give a thousand percent, whether on the court or off the court, you have a good chance of winning overall. Yeah, so, so true. I, I say all the time, if I've got somebody who's a hard worker, right, and a great attitude, I'll teach them the other stuff, oh, right? But you teach that, right? I mean, you can hopefully model it so that people see it. Um, but I think that's even that's harder to me than the technical skills. And as a leader, I think that's one of the things that's the hardest thing. So hiring right, you know, the right people with the right attitude um, and that work ethic is is critical. Right. I see you. It's, shaking all, your head. it's, all, 
it's all about talent. So I'm a Dolphins fan. I don't want to pick on the Dolphins because both of us are season ticket holders. I've seen yeah. several games. Uh, and they can have the best strategy ever. But if they don't have the proper talent to execute on a consistent basis, it makes it difficult. And that's why we haven't been in a Super Bowl since 1984. Yeah, <laughs> so, something like that. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Awesome, awesome stuff. And I, I want to, just before I move on to something that you mentioned and I want to talk a little bit about, um, I want to just share a few more of the ingredients uh, that came out in that part of our conversation. And I love this one, um, vulnerability. You know, and I think sometimes, you know, it's interesting. I talk sometimes about the challenges for women, right? Female leaders, because I think sometimes there are things that we may deal with, right? Conceptions, you know, perceptions, all of that, that, that we have to overcome. But you mentioned vulnerability. And I think sometimes for men, right? People think, well, they should not show their vulnerability, right? So not true. And so I was, I'm really glad to hear you say that. Um, we need to break those gender perceptions, right? Um, and I love it. Um, the other one that's really, really important, and I always say this, you know, people say, oh, you're a great leader. Yeah, no, I'm a work in progress, right? Amen. So I love that you talked about how you can always learn. Because once we think we know it all, you know, we, we stop, right? Uh, so I love, love, love that one. Knowing your blind spot, um, you know, being a team, that two-way street, um, and listening to others, right? So being on the team is, is so much about listening as well as sharing your own thoughts, finding ways to bounce back, right? Resiliency, um, positive attitude, a thousand percent effort, and of course, having the right people on your team um, and such great in ingredients. You talked a little bit about your son saying that you were in your comfort zone and talked a little bit about quotes. Um, I wanna share with our audience that you are a published author. Uh, and the name of your book is Quotes for the Soul, right? And it's on Amazon. But I want you to talk. I'll, I'll, I'll let you talk about the book. In a Shameless second. plug. Shameless right. plug. You go right shameless ahead. <laughs> three years, you deserve all the shameless plugs you can get. But I want you to share what was it that motivated you to write this book, right? Yeah. Why did you even want to do it? So I think a couple things. I think if I think of all of the years of coaching sports, of playing sports, of uh, being in the banking world, you know, there has to be a sense of a daily dose to get you out of bed every day and get you fired up. Now, I always start my day on the spiritual side, uh, but as soon as I get past the spiritual stage, it's important for me to feed my mind with something that will give me that energy to just be unbelievable during the day and be at my best at all times. Because if you think about a leader, you think about you know a certain a, a certain factor in terms of trying to take a look at the coaching world we are always on stage we always have eyes on us especially nowadays if you look at social media there's always frequently yeah. eyes on us so i think it's important for us to have a sense of passion for what we're doing and so the thought process was can i think of an opportunity to get folks at least two to three minutes a quick hit in terms of a quote and then a couple deep dives into you know two or three quick hits on the question side to get them vulnerable so this book can also be served you know if you look at a journal because there's some space in there to jot down a couple notes and i've encouraged folks to take a pencil because this is not just for 2020 this is every single year we are at a different time a different stage daily it's an opportunity for us to look back and then think about how far that i've hopefully come as well too and so 
I actually started something off of LinkedIn. I'm a huge fan of LinkedIn. I'm surprised it's taking me almost 20 minutes to plug LinkedIn, uh, but a huge fan also of social selling, which I'll talk about that in just a second. So about seven years ago or so, I started Motivation Monday, where every Monday now for the past seven years, I think I've only missed probably three. I put a quote up there. I put something short and sweet and started off and I had a couple followers. Now I think we're up to about 20,000 followers. And so wow. this, this has gotten to a point that for those few times that I didn't put something out there, my inbox blew up. Like, are you out sick today? Are you on vacation? Because we're, we're trying to get something. And so I had sat down and thought about, well, if I start to have a following out there, there's people that crave this. There, there's a lot of books on quotes. But can I do something that's that is my own content? 366 days, kind of for leap year. So it took me about three years or so. It's not easy, but every single quote is my own content and the questions and the thinking. And so um, I definitely did not start to write a book to think about trying to make a lot of money. It's tough to sell books nowadays. But my <laughs> thinking was, if I can truly inspire one person, then it's totally worth it. And that's the same thing and the same type of, you know, the same type of thinking that I also apply on the coaching side. If I can make an impact to one child, I've done my job. Yeah. Yeah. So, so important. You know, it's interesting. We talk about legacy, you know, as, as I get older, I hear, you know, conversations more around legacy, right? And what, what impact, what mark will I leave on the life? And, you know, sometimes people will ask about our careers and accomplishments. So not about the money you raised or the business you did or whatever. It's about changing lives. Um, and I think that was something you and I, you know, it was an instant click for us at the beginning because that's so much more important and worthwhile when you can look back on your life and know that you helped some others. Um, sure, so. I think the best way to sort of put a summary on that is both of us are trying to have a life of service to others. And I think Ooh. that shows up in terms of our actions. I think that turns up in the authenticity of what we do. And I think that that's why the both of us have had a lot of success because if you do right by others, they should do right by you. It's not that difficult. We, we tend to make things difficult, but it's not that difficult. Be great to other people. Yep, I agree. Thanks, honey. Good job. Uh, my my producer, Patrick, just came in. Of course, he has to come in and say hello. Oh, that's the man right there. Even Good though morning. I know him, I'm filming, so don't come on the set. That's probably the biggest Dolphin fan out there, by the way. That's, that's right. Are you a Dolphin fan? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Say good morning, Josh. Good morning. Good morning. Go good work morning. out. I'm going to finish up the show. Thank you, Mr. We, producer. Yeah, um, we have to get him a Tua jersey. Oh, gosh. He's got more jerseys. <laughs> That one piece. Awesome. Um, so I always ask this question. Uh, and, and by the way, I want to just you know finish up on that plug. If you have not heard about Josh's book, I encourage you to go out there, go to Amazon, uh, get that book. Um, are you going to do a digital version? You version, you think? I do have a digital version also out there. You yes. Awesome. Okay. Either great. Or. Yeah. Great. Um, so yes, absolutely, go out there, and uh, I'm going to actually get uh, one so I can take a look at it. And then I think I'm gonna buy it for all of my nieces and nephews and my daughters because they, because I send them motivational quotes in in a group text, like at 6.30 every morning. And they're, they're like, <laughs> sorry, do you think you could wait till like eight to send the quotes? Yeah, and I'm like, no, no if I don't do it then, I'm gonna forget, you know? So and, and you think they're not listening, but they are. And every once in a while they'll send me a quote, right? 
or they'll say something about the quote. So we have to always remember that they may, you know, roll their eyes or whatever, but they're definitely listening to us. Always. So one of the things that I always ask our guests at the end of our interview is all those ingredients that you listed, amazing recipe, Josh. And, and it's no wonder that, you know, you have done such amazing things in your life as far as impact and helping others um, and in your career. What is your main ingredient to success? I would say that the main one, aside from being vulnerable and teamwork and all that, but um, I think it's also important to have a mentor, right? And so if you think about the sports world, if you think about the types of coaches that truly made an impact, I often talk to people, especially if I'm looking to hire somebody and say, talk to me about the leader that's had the biggest impact on your life. And sometimes folks struggle. And I think the point there is that there's a lot of managers, there's not a lot of leaders. And wow. so I've had, of course, a very good childhood and upbringing, my mom, my dad, but there's other folks in terms of the corporate world that from a friendship standpoint, I'm very tight with. I do tend to keep a small circle uh, time flies a lot. We all have a lot that's back on our plate, but I have my go-to, right? If I'm having a stressful day, um, if I just need to bounce something off of somebody that is going to be impartial to my world, so to speak, but really find an opportunity to hold me fully accountable and, and have a spirit of candor, so to speak. So I think that, yes, it's important to surround yourself and have great people, but you need that sense of somebody that's going to hold you accountable outside oh. of family also that is going to really help coach you. There's a lot of folks that, that have a coach in terms of executive coaches, that's a great avenue, but have that one or two, right? That you can go to at any time, you can be vulnerable, you can show sort of your blind side too. And that's where I have truly experienced a lot of growth. In fact, two folks that come to mind, you know, we every 15 to 30 days are grabbing coffee. Right now it's virtual coffee. Uh, but we're just having a good opportunity. Maybe it's 6.30 in the morning, maybe it's 7.30 to start the day and just be real about all things in life, right? Because it's not just about work. And I think it's back to your point. We need to lay, you know, try to leave behind some type of legacy. When that day comes and, and I move on, uh, I'm hoping that back on my tombstone, it's not going to say world's best banker, right? So, right, yeah. exactly. So that's maybe towards the bottom, fine. But uh you know, so so there has to be that type of impact to kind of leverage what your day job is, but find those types of avenues to give back. And so that's where and, and sort of my why that brought me here is they have a foundation that is charitable, but not just charitable, but puts action behind the checks that they put into the street, so to speak. Wow. And I tried to find the right type of company that fully aligns to where my heart is. Um, and by doing those things, by having the right types of partnerships, you have a lot of success. Yeah, absolutely. I love that one. Accountability and the mentors, right? The people that we surround ourselves with. You know, Josh, I think First Horizon is so lucky to have you, um, first of all. So um, thank you. I appreciate you and, and our relationship over the years. Uh, and so glad that we connected uh, back then. And so I just want to say thank you. I want to encourage everyone to buy the book. I know I will be ordering it and, and sharing it, like I said, especially I think people of all ages could benefit from that. And we need something to fill us up at the beginning of the day. I think especially as leaders, and you touched on this for a second, you know, we are, I know I don't know about you, but I'm going to be really authentic here. But at the end of the day, sometimes I'm drained, right? Because you're putting out fires, you're helping your team, you're, you're motivating. It's not even that you're helping them. You're just, you're the rah-rah, right? You're the coach. Yeah. But at the end of the day, you're just 
exhausted, right? And so you have to fill up your cup. And so thank you for providing us with a way to do that. Uh, really appreciate that. And so, and I want to thank everybody else out there for watching us this morning. And so um, thank you, so my I friend. I want to thank you as well, Lori, because I talked about social selling, especially right now where there's a lot of us that's kind of stuck behind the, the four walls. You have done an outstanding job to grow your personal wow. brand, to grow the brand of JA. And just thank you for everything that the team is doing there to help serve the community down there in Broward County. I'm thankful. I am humbled to have the opportunity. Great job on this show. I, I often talk about you as here is somebody who has created their own brand and their own platform. So just yeah. outstanding job and keep up the great work. Well, thank you. Thank you. And by the way, I think both of us have to give a little bit of credit on the social selling stuff, because if I sure. don't, I'm having lunch with him today. I'm going to hear about it. So I have to give a little credit or maybe a lot to Steve Noodleberg, right? Shout because out to the Noodlebergs. That's right. Is the one that got me going on this. I was doing LinkedIn kind of flippy floppy and but he really got me going and um, and and made me realize because I felt like I was I didn't want to you know, brag on myself. I felt like it was too self-centered. And he said, no, it's not about that, right? It's about getting content out there to help others and inspire others. So thank you, Steve Noodleberg. We listen, Josh and I are good students. Yes, we do. So thanks again, Josh. And thank you everyone else for watching. We look forward to seeing you next week on Day's Recipe for Success. And if you would like to make a difference in a young person's life, please check out all the opportunities on jasouthflorida.org uh, and, and sign up to be a virtual volunteer. Don't even have to go anywhere to inspire a child's life today. So thanks again, Josh, and thanks everyone. Have an amazing day. Thank you, bye-bye.